Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. Today's episode five, and season two has been focused on Ponder Anew, a hymn journal of trust and confidence. Week five is chapter five, based on the hymn, Oh Love, How Deep, How Broad, How High. You can see that hymn on page 41 of the hymn journal. Today's guests are Steve and Jamie Wishman from Breathe Life Ministries. Glad to have them on our show again today. You'll hear me pray after a brief introduction and howdy, how y'all doing? And then Steve and Jamie will read responsibly the verses on page 45. We'll talk about those verses, and then I'll get a chance to read the devotion on page 46. You might want to be sitting with the artwork on page 43. Adding color as you meditate on the Word and listen to this podcast is a great way to take the next step following Jesus. So wherever you are today, whatever you're up to, welcome. We're glad you're here. Steve, Jamie, welcome back to the Next Step Podcast. Thank you. Good to be back. Where in the world are y'all today? We're in Tomball, Texas, outside of Houston. What is the weather like in Houston, Texas? Uh, I don't really know because it's not the time of year I go outside. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a kind of a warm early summer for us. It's going to be over 91 degrees in Michigan again today. Steve, I'm sure you know what the weather is. Yeah, it's... Mid-90s, but it's been overcast now for a couple days. I think it's building towards rain tomorrow. So we try and swim every day, me and my kids, and we'll probably get one more day in before the rain hits. Awesome. Jamie, uh, you're feeling any better? I understand you had a, a brush with some people that had COVID and haven't been feeling well. Did you finally get tested for COVID? Yes, I finally, it was a little bit hard to get in for testing, turns out. But um, after a few days of being sick, I finally got tested. So um, that was almost a week ago. So I'm still waiting for results at this point. I thought they had like these 20-minute turnaround tests. How long were they tell you it's going to take to get the test results back? Yeah, I don't know where people find those. Um, mine is seven to 10 days. Oh, my. Okay. But you seem to be doing better. The doctor checked you out. You're not in immediate danger. No, the doctor didn't seem concerned. She said, stay home, which everybody's really supposed to be doing that right now anyway. So not too hard. Yeah, doing that again in Texas. (laughs) Yes, again. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, This has been a strange, well, shoot, it goes back to January, February, strange half a year already uh, working with COVID. But I'm really glad that you can join us today via Zoom and on the Next Step podcast. Thank you. Uh, let's begin with a word of prayer before we go to our scripture readings. Come Holy Spirit and be present with us. Thank you for the friendship that you've grown between Steve and Jamie and me and Miriam. Thank you for the friends that are listening in on this podcast that are seeking to, to know and follow Jesus a little bit more. Will you please be with all of us separately and together as we listen to your word, as we place ourselves under these words that you have caused to be written, will you open our hearts to understand their meaning for us today and then cause us to trust and live out their invitation to know and follow you. Come Holy Spirit and show us Jesus today. Amen. Philippians 2 verses 5 through 13. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men. Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. 
Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Romans 10, 8-9. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thanks, guys. Uh, as we listen to those several different verses patched together, but all kind of on the same theme, are there any of these words that really jump out at you today? Well, that Psalm 34 verse has actually come up numerous times for us over the last few years. And that that nearness in the time, especially oftentimes when it when maybe God doesn't feel near to to know that he declares that he is and then to hear it from somebody else oftentimes um, and and at that same time can be a real uh, just breaks in to that that really dark place. So that that verse, yeah, has a lot of meaning, I think, uh, for Mm -hmm. us over the last few years. Yes, uh, I like the Hebrews for let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in time of need. It's, it's kind of the follow-up to Steve's verse. If we really believe that God is near to the brokenhearted, I know that when I'm brokenhearted, that's a great time for me to draw near to God and know that he's got real legit mercy and help for me in that time of really deep need. Mm-hmm. I love that from Hebrews too. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weakness. Like Jesus, Jesus has been there. He knows, well, shoot, Jesus knows what it's like to be brokenhearted and crushed in spirit and feel like God has abandoned him. Uh, Mm. So he's someone that can be near to us with real help in real need. Yes, one of the scriptures that you don't have here, but um, I also appreciate in this, he's a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Sometimes when I feel sorrow or grief, I end up feeling guilty, like maybe I should be trusting God more, or maybe if I just had more faith, or maybe if I just did something different, then I wouldn't have sorrow. But the fact that Jesus had sorrows and was acquainted with grief helps me to realize that maybe that's just normal and, and actually connects me to my Savior kind of uniquely, too. Jesus comes to be present with us in the midst of even our grief, also our joy, but but even our grief, even being brokenhearted. And that nearness is an important theme. Uh, Why don't I go ahead and turn the page to page 46. I'm going to try to get through this devotion on uh, Jesus being near to us. Of course, the title of this devotion comes right from one of the verses of the hymn, like they all do. The devotion is titled, Our Mortal Form for Mortals' Sake. Just recently, our youngest climbed into bed with us in the middle of the night. He's almost too big for that now, but he had had a bad dream, so he wanted to be near Mom and Dad, where he felt safe and warm and protected and loved. I grieve that one of these nights will be the last time he seeks comfort in snuggles. He's grown up so fast.
When my father-in-law came home from the hospital for the last time, we put him in his own bedroom, in his own bed. We gathered as a family and sang and prayed and kept vigil over those final days of decline. I remember my mother-in-law climbing into bed next to him when he was no longer conscious, snuggling close, embracing his failing body to let him know even beyond words that he was safe and protected and loved. When Jesus went to rescue fallen humanity from the sinful mess we had gotten ourselves into, Jesus didn't keep his distance. Jesus came near. We made our bed, and Jesus chose to lie in it with us. Jesus snuggled up close and embraced us, even in our sinful mortality. Jesus knew hunger for you. Jesus knew thirst for you. Jesus knew exhaustion for you. Jesus knew temptation for you. Jesus knew grief for you. Jesus knew death for you. It cost Jesus everything to draw near to you. He will not turn you away in the night. He will not shun even your deathbed. Jesus is near holding you in his strong embrace, no matter what. That's been almost uh, almost six years ago. That was, of course, a, a sacred time and terrible time, a beautiful family time to be gathered together. And that image of Joni holding Jim in her arms, even when he wasn't able to respond, to me just was a powerful powerful image of what it means for Jesus to be near to us in the midst of our weakness. I can see Justin's face, so um, I know it was not easy to get through those words. So it, it sh I think it shows the depth of the brokenness in our world, the pain in our world, and, and just where it hits us. For, for Jesus to meet us there is the cry of our heart, right? It's, um, I don't, I can't be alone in this. It would crush me. Hmm. I can't be alone in this. It would mean I'm alone, <laughs> like in the universe, in the world. And so for him to meet us there, which is what I think the, the, the him really for me, that then you, you did this in the devotion itself, the for you yeah. over and over and over again is the thing that gets me out of that him. Because I actually need all of those for yous. I mean, just this morning, <laughs> we spent the morning, the first part of the morning, uh, me trying to help remind Jamie of the how God's for her, and we were praying. And then we got interrupted by an important phone call um, that I took, and that phone call switched our roles <laughs> to where Jamie was then reminding me. God's for you in this, and he's for you in this, and he's for you in this. And so to hear it over and over again, you know, that he didn't do a snap of the fingers, he cuddled in close, is really big. That's a big deal. He sent no angel to our race of higher or lower place, but wore the robe of human frame, and to this world himself he came. Jamie, is there a, is there a verse that jumps out to you in this hymn? Verse 3. 
for us baptized, for us he bore his holy fast and hungered sore. But really this line, for us temptation sharp he knew, for us the tempter overthrew. I think sometimes I tend to think that because he was God, everything here was easy for him. But that verse, it it reminds me, it was still temptation sharp for him. And he's God. And so as I go through each temptation sharp, I don't need to call it small or wimpy or little to be faithful or a Jesus follower. Some things are big and we can call them big. Some things are really hard for me and it makes it harder when I think it should be easy. Anytime I see the connection of Jesus went through hard things too, I feel like he must really know what I'm going through. And I think it's one of the reasons he went through it. Hebrews 4 really says he went through everything that I've been through. And he doesn't go through them and say, whoo, that's a piece of cake. Jamie should have no problem with this. He went through them knowing how hard it would be for me that he can really be there to hold my hand and to say, I know, child, I, this, this one's going to be tough. I've, I've done this, and I, I'm just telling you right now, this one's going to be tough, but I got you. Yeah, that's beautiful. Thanks, Jamie. I love that. I think that's exactly right. If I've got a favorite verse uh, or a favorite part of a verse, I think verse four sums that up for me, too. I mean, usually we talk about Jesus dying for us. And for being really, like, theologically acute, we'll talk about Jesus dying and rising for us, you know. <laughs> and, like, sometime around December, we talk about, oh, no, yeah, don't, don't forget Jesus was also born. Like, this was a big deal. He was born for us, and then he also died for us. Oh, yeah, and then he rose for us. But but I, I love how the hymn walks us through, like you said, the baptism and temptation, uh, or verse 4, for us he prayed, for us he taught, for us his daily works he wrought. I, I love every little thing he did, he did for us. And then this is the kicker for me, by words and signs and actions, thus still seeking not himself, but us. Everything he does, he does so that he could be a high priest that is not apart from our weakness or can't relate to our struggle, mm. but enters into. He, yeah, we yeah. made our bed and he chose to line it with us. Yeah. If God did not come to us in a way that he could suffer and be betrayed and Jesus become dependent on the Father or filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, then, then how could he connect to us who need to be dependent on the Father and filled with the Holy Spirit? That's a, that's a beautiful mystery that he did all of this, everything in his incarnation for us. What a beautiful proclamation of the gospel. And really that, I think, is, is what this idea of being near gets at. He doesn't stay in his godhood separate from us. He doesn't stay apart from us. He comes near to be with us right where we are. That prayer experiment on pages 48 and 49 gets at this idea of Jesus being close to us Uh, and really even being close to people that aren't like us. So the idea here is that Jesus is close to us, but then as you go out in that kind of expanding ripple in those concentric circles going out, Jesus is also close to the people that are close to us. And then going further out, Jesus is close to the people that we haven't seen in a while or 
we've got some trouble with. And then even as you get to the edges of the piece of the paper there, you know, I'm thinking of some people in my life that I feel like I should know better, but I don't. And I sometimes feel guilty about being distant from them. Or people where, because we're sinful human beings, we, there's brokenness in our relationship. And if, if I saw them again in the resurrection, I'd be glad to see them again. But, you know, before then, it'd be okay if we didn't. So that person feels very far away from me. That would count as people that I would think of as enemies or people that I have a broken relationship with or people that I don't know and feel like I should. Jesus came to be close to those people, too, even when I'm distant from them. That changes I guess how I think about them or how I pray about them. So I know that uh, Breathe Life Ministry deals a lot with relationships as well. And I was just wondering if you saw this proximity and distance and Jesus and relationships, how does that all play out in your ministry? I think um, where it's most natural for me to start is with the person right in front of me. So I always like to help the person in front of me know that Jesus is close to them. And um, that can be a little bit difficult sometimes because every person in front of me is different. And uh, one of the things that can help me with this is a practice of remembering that Jesus is close to me. So um, the, more, the more I grow in confident trust that as I, as I come to God with whatever I have going on today and I experience his closeness or I'm reminded of the truth or the reality of his nearness. It helps me trust that with me, which helps me give some benefit of the doubt maybe with the person across the table from me, even if I wouldn't really want to be super close to them. Um, let me give you an example. I was having a conversation with someone this morning that I was trying to encourage them that God was close with them. And this person was having a little trouble getting on board with that reality. I was trying hard to encourage, and it was hard to encourage. So after the conversation, as I went to pray about it, I said, Lord, you made him. It, was a, it wasn't so much an accusation, but more like, you know that he's like this, and you know why. So I felt comforted by God, like, yes, I made him, and I know exactly what I'm doing with him. I'm not exasperated with him. I don't think he's slow on the uptake. I know exactly what he needs. And because I've experienced that from God myself, I was able to go back to that person and said, even if I sent vibes like you are slow on the uptake and I'm kind of frustrated with you and you are way behind, God never thinks that about you. So please don't take my reaction as God's reaction. I do think it was a little bit encouraging uh, to him, and it was to me, to know that God is patient with him even when I'm not. Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. <laughs> you don't have to talk about the him anymore that way. <laughs> oh, so that was you. Oh, yes. Oh. Just, just minutes before we got on with you. <laughs> oh. One of the delightful things about being in ministry is when you realize that Jesus is at first and foremost working on you and on the people in your life. Yes. And then get around to like the world later. But, yeah. but yeah. Uh, let's just talk exactly. about you for a minute here. It's good practice, ground. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because, Justin, you've seen that we, we, have a, we have shirts for our ministry. And one of our shirts has the word heal on it with the phrase under it, your story matters. 
And I mm-hmm. think that's what G- what Jamie's getting at with that is that we've really, I think in a lot of ways, we dismiss our own stories and leaders will very much dismiss their own stories, especially the stories we just talked about in that hymn, the hard parts of life or whatever. As a leader, I'm supposed to be better at this or all the things Jamie was talking about. I should do this better. And so we don't actually bring those out to Jesus. We try to just move on with better work or whatever else it is that we we move on with, entertainment. And Jesus says, oh, no, no, I want that part. Bring that. I'm not, as Jamie said, I'm not frustrated with that, but I can see that it's hurting you. I can see that it's bothering you. Um, And so your story matters. And that's really a lot of what we try and do in our ministry is let leaders know, hey, let's let's pause on that. Let's let's linger in that and not brush over it with, you know, work or the other things of life. But let's see what Jesus has to actually say about that. What's really cool about that is that we get to see the way Jesus uh, draws near to that brokenhearted person or that angry person or that person who's in a hurry. uh, The way Jesus makes a way. It's a really fun work to help people experience that side of Jesus. So part of the mission, the way you express it on your webpage, breathelifetoday.com, is cultivating sacred space where the unfiltered life of a Christian leader meets the power and grace of the living God. So I hear some of that unfiltered life, the stuff that I I thought was going to be easy but was really hard, or the stuff that I'm embarrassed that was really hard because I thought it should be easy, uh, especially for the Christian leader. But then... Uh, how that unfiltered life of the Christian leader meets the power and grace of the living God. That's a bringing together. That's a drawing near, putting in close proximity. So tell me a a little bit about what you do to cultivate that sacred space. What does that look like when you guys are able to see this happen in the life of a leader? Obviously, one is um, safety to be able to look into stuff that maybe you normally don't want to. And some of that is uh, just giving them Uh, It's funny you talk about physical and relational space. Physical space often does that of like, okay, let's press pause. Let's get out of your work environment for a while. And let's just hear your story. So just start telling your story. And then as you have time and you feel open to, you can tell some of the harder parts of your story because you know that this isn't going to be shared anywhere else. And as you do... When we get to those moments where it's where the tears come, like when you were reading earlier and you started reading about your father-in-law's death again six years ago, and you, you still have a lot of emotion because there's a closeness. When you're hearing someone's story and the tears come, their voice cracks. Rather than most of the time in life, like every everybody in life, ninety-five percent of the time is going to like run past that, right? Ooh, that sounds scary. They're starting to cry. We 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 do the opposite. Oh. Tell me more about that. And then at that very moment, we, we try and lead them into a time of prayer where we, we invite them to say those same things now to God and listen for what God might be saying back about how they feel about that rather than run past it. So it's more of a lingering in those moments than a, oh, we hit something that looks like it hurt. Let's move on. But that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. I mean, like... <laughs> So here's hard. Let's sit here for a while. I don't, I don't, I don't quite get that part. How is that helpful? You want me to answer that? You're the one who said the same thing a bazillion times. 
I know. That's why I want you to answer. You're obviously going to edit that. Right? <laughs> okay. I'm happy to answer it, but I think coming from you that it might no, okay. speak even All right. more. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. That was, you're right. Um, so what you just asked, actually, I've asked that question a lot. I was afraid the first few times we did this because I was afraid of getting stuck there of like, I don't want to go there because I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. And honestly, I did get stuck there sometimes. The one thing I would say is that every time where I had the opportunity to pray, and especially when somebody was with me and helped me to listen for Jesus to see what he was up to about that specific hard emotion, grief, anger, whatever it was, he was so compassionate, patient, gracious, like beyond, like, I mean, you would think like, oh yeah, oh, well that's who he is. That's what he does. But, but he was about that, like about that thing. And yet it's still scary for me to go there with a new thing because each thing has its own weight. So it's a good question. It's actually not an easy, there's not an easy answer to it, but I would say I've seen him remain faithful in those moments but I say that with a caveat of sometimes it doesn't happen as quickly as I would like. Sometimes I have to learn to be patient with myself to receive what he's giving. Thanks for that. I can see that at play even in something like our Ponder Do Facebook group. I, I think the faith experiments, the prayer experiments that we have in the book are in some ways that kind of a sacred space where you can in an unfiltered and safe way interact with what Jesus is doing in your life. And so you'll see people post some things even in our Facebook group, it's a safe place. And you can see that they've they've brought some pretty difficult things to Jesus uh, because we've invited them to be honest and to be open and they've shared that. And that's been a, a real blessing. And sometimes people will also share something that's just plain fun or joyful or, or lighthearted. Uh, yeah. There was someone j just yesterday uh, from our last podcast, I said something about him about how it almost sounded like uh, a Dr. Seuss poem. And so in their intro, they've got a picture of Dr. Seuss with that, that kind of Seuss <laughs> font. And uh, he, we will not, no, never, no, never, no, never forsake. Yeah, it's, it, and it was just <laughs> delightful. It was just fun. It was just uh, almost silly, but in a godly almost silliness. So I almost wish we could add a, a verse to this hymn that said like, for us, he went to parties, and for us, he turned water into mm, wine. For us, he yeah. laughed, and for us, he cried, and for us, he slept, and for us, he, you know, pulled a fast one on Peter, and you know, <laughs> used yeah, really uh, told an inappropriate joke to some Pharisees. You know, and <laughs> laughed about it. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool too. So, is there a time when this unfiltered life of the? I mean, mm. I have, that's not just hard stuff. Is there a time when this unfiltered life of the Christian leader meets the power and grace of the living God in something that's more lighthearted or fun or silly? One of the things I love about Jesus is he is, while he can cry with us, he's also quite relaxed and also very playful. So I find him like in times when I'm stressed mm -hmm. and I imagine him, he's almost always leaning back, you know, that posture of it's okay. I'm not worried, that invites me to borrow his emotion more than my own emotion. 
But some of my favorite ones are when Jesus is playing like um, he's splashing in the pool or he's shooting baskets. I think he wants to be a part of every part of our lives. And sometimes in the prayer practices, he can help us see him in those places in our lives. I don't know that everybody interacts with Jesus in prayer like this, but I I don't even remember what the thing was that I was very anxious about, but I was anxious about something. And I was praying to him and telling him, I'm anxious about this. I don't think this is going to turn out well. Look, I mean, everything's heading towards this being bad. And sometimes when I'm praying to Jesus, I can see him. And in this prayer, I could see him and he was skipping rocks, which was a favorite pastime of mine with my grandfather. And he's skipping rocks and I'm telling him how anxious I am. And he just keeps skipping rocks. And I'm like, hey, like, I'm really anxious about this. I need you to tell me, like, what should I do? How should I respond? And he's like, here, throw a rock. And I'm like, no, I want you to respond. I'm anxious. Do something with this. And he's like, yeah, skip a rock. <laughs> and then he's laughing. And, and I really, I think my experience is like the playful side of Jesus is that sometimes my emotion has got the best of me and it's not telling me the truth. And he kind of, in, in his spirit, lets me know this isn't as serious as you thought. And then sometimes there's very serious things and he cries with me. And he lets me know that makes his, his heart sad too and that he isn't going to leave me there. And sometimes, and I think with leaders, this is probably one of the biggest ones I've seen, is I think most leaders have something on their heart, in their mind, that the Holy Spirit has given them. It could be anything. It could be creating something. It could be leading a group of people to go do something that gets buried in their life. It gets buried under lots of work or not enough time or you name it. And uncovering those things with leaders is super fun because all of a sudden they'll recall it and then helping them. Okay, now tell Jesus about that. And what's he up to with that? And those are fun to watch those get reignited. God dreams, things that only God could do, but they knew that he invited them to be a part of it. But now it's kind of been on a shelf that that's super fun. Jesus is near to that stuff too. He's close. He's not just close to the brokenhearted. He's close to the dreamer and, you know, the entrepreneur and the, the, the person who has the crazy idea to start something that nobody else has ever thought of before. Those come from him, from the father of lights. So come all the good gifts, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. So part, a part of the unfiltered life is also joy and delight yeah, and fun yeah. and play. That's, that's really cool. Well, I know I know we have some Christian leaders listening to this podcast. I know we've got people who would not identify uh, necessarily as a leader outside of maybe their own home or their own place of business. Uh, and I think we all have some amount of leadership that roles that we um, definitely find in our daily and weekly lives. Is there something you might invite us into or a practice you would suggest that can help an individual enter into that kind of sacred space where where their unfiltered life can meet the power and grace of the living God. Well, I know, you know this too, we've been uh, working on this devotional book about how to notice your own heart, how to notice your own emotions. 
rather than just uh, run past them, especially maybe some of the ones that are a little heavier. Or the big dreams also that can be maybe a little scary. Really, the, the, the crux of that book that I hope will come out by the end of this year, we'll see, is teaching people how to notice the, themselves. Because if you're like me, I spent a good chunk of life where there's a lot of my heart that I had gotten pretty good at not noticing. And the reason I didn't notice it is because it scared me. And so I would encourage people, you can, you can Google online an emotions wheel. And sometimes those wheels can help you kind of diagnose what you're feeling. Are you feeling angry at somebody uh, or about something? Are you feeling afraid? And you can even pinpoint some more specific kinds of emotions, like I'm, I'm feeling antagonistic or whatever. And then once you discover that, just tell God about it. Tell Jesus everything you're feeling about that and why you think you're feeling it and invite him in to, to, to speak to you, for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart, to lead you into his word about what he might have to say about that, rather than try and figure it out on your own by ignoring it or working harder or whatever else. It, it can be a scary thing, like you brought up. That can be a scary thing. So I also would encourage people when you're doing it, find somebody you trust, a good trusted friend who's following Jesus, and talk with them about it too and say, hey, this is what I discovered when I actually pressed pause on this thing in my life. Um, it's always nice to have somebody else speaking those promises back to us too. It's awesome. Connecting what you're going through with God's word also in the mouth of a, a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah. Jamie, is there something you would invite someone into this week? One of the things that's helpful to me is to remember what God says is true about him. I have a lot of emotions in my heart that say, if I'm afraid, I should avoid people. Nobody wants to see me afraid. But if I, if I remember some scripture about how God interacts with those who are afraid, I start with that. So Jesus is different than other people in my life. And so as I remember the truth and practice remembering the truth, it can help me in the things that I'm trying to rewrite in my head. I wouldn't normally do it this way, but Jesus says that I can, so I'll try. So I would just encourage you to remember something true about God when you're going to try something new and hard. Thanks. I think those, those both have the seeds of really positive next steps in them for somebody listening this week to notice an emotion and, and bring that emotion to Jesus and share it with a trusted friend or, or to kind of explore what the, the word might say about something that how, how Jesus thinks of something too, so that when you find it difficult, you can kind of evaluate that, judge that based on what Jesus says about it too. Jamie, I liked what you said about adopting Jesus' emotion in a certain yeah. situation. I wonder if that would be to, to feel, to see something and to know what my emotion would normally be. And then to wonder about, well, what does Jesus feel about this or think about this? And how do I adopt that from him? That, that would be a cool, I can see ways where that could be a next step even for me. So thank you guys. It's always a joy to speak with you. Uh, you're our dear friends and we love you. And uh, I, I of course will put Breathe Life Ministries web address in in the description of this podcast as well but thanks for being with us today thank you thank love you. you that was steve and jamie wishman from breed life ministries we're so glad to have them back on the next step podcast today uh, this episode of the next step podcast was brought to you in part by the generous support of next step patrons patrons make it possible hey steve and jamie you guys are next step patrons would you share a little bit with why you think that's an important ministry to support oh yeah um there's so many of the values, our personal values, 
and in our ministry values that are so much shared with what you're doing at Next Step Press. And uh, I just knew it was something we wanted to breathe life into. And it's so one of, it's, that's what we like to do. We, we do that with a lot of different ministries. And we see something good God's doing in somebody and we like, hey, we want to be a part of that. So um, we're glad to be a part of it. Yes, we've also experienced that starting something new is hard. And we find that God has been very supportive of us in starting something new. And we like to join him in supporting other people starting new things. I think that matches his heart. So we like to do that. Thanks, Jamie. I think uh, the very first check we received for Next Step Press before there was such a thing as Patreon uh, came from you and you had written on the foreline of the check, love and courage. And uh, that was just so meaningful. So when you become an Next Step patron, part of what you do is give us love and courage to encourage us in this endeavor of helping resource your next step. So thanks for joining us today. We dedicate this episode of the Next Step podcast to Steve and Jamie Wishman and also to Eden, who just became a Next Step patron this last week. Thanks, Eden, and welcome aboard. We're so glad for what you do. Thanks again for joining us today, and we'll see you next time on Next Step Press.